Before we get into today's episode, I've created a short questionnaire that will help me get to know you better. Those that fill out the questionnaire will get entered into a draw to win an Amazon gift card. So there's a link in the description for the episode. Click it, fill out the questionnaire, and I look forward to hearing your feedback. Now for today's episode. This is The Michael Bryan Show. Hi everyone, welcome back to the show and today I'm joined with Dennis Kayser who is the Head of International Marketing at Le Gruyere which is essentially a Swiss made cheese. We're going to get into that later but it's won best cheese in the world multiple times so all things cheese today. Dennis, thanks for joining me. Thank you Michael, thank you for the invitation. Yeah, we'll have some time to talk about what is being named and called the best cheese in the world, Le Gruyere OP. I thought we'd start actually with your obsession with travel and I hear that you've actually eaten lobster quite a bit. So you travel and eat a lot of lobster, so I'm told. So talk to us a bit about your obsession with that. I don't know who you told you that, but yeah, I'm a lobster freak. I'm a food food passionate. And uh, as I travel around the world, I have that chance. Travel more than 58 countries today. One of my things is to discover the beauty of food and uh I have a favorite called lobster. Yeah, that's true. So how do you like yours then? So you walk in, you you sit down and you look at the menu and think, oh, they do lobster. Do you have like a favorite? Do you have a way that you like it cooked and sauces, that kind of thing? The best way is probably just grilled with lemon and butter. That's uh, the way I appreciate it. Keep it simple. Every Every food product should be eaten for their real taste don't add any artificial flavor and i believe that lobster shows something fantastic about seafood so just grilled add some butter add some lemon and enjoy it now with things like wine or coffee normally there's like a a way of tasting it so with wine you smell it sip it that kind of thing do you have any particular rituals with lobster you've eaten quite a lot so i imagine you've perfected some kind of of way of actually consuming it you know lobster is um is a difficult product just to taste as wine on an organoleptic point of view uh what make what make lobster different is just the taste of his um flesh yeah that's the way you said taste of the flesh and um i have to admit that north american lobster or probably the best one I had in my life. Oh, that's what I was going to ask next. Is there is there the <laughs> best place? It was North North America is the the favorite. Yeah, it is definitely with uh, the Omar Bleu de Bretagne, the blue Hummer from Bretagne. But my favorite ones are probably the one I had in Maine and uh, in North America. Where's the best place that you've traveled to? You've traveled quite a lot. Is there anything that stands out? Any particular place that really inspired you or you really enjoyed being i feel home all around the world because i believe that when you travel you need to discover the world and respect the people you meet so um i would say my top three my top three top first top number one i mean i've been amazed about discovering iceland um all this energy through volcanic places and beauty of the country this mixture of ice fire you know the mixture of fire and ice so i would really put iceland as number one uh, 
then uh, just going back home in Montana, uh, it's my favorite place. You know, I've I've grown up, graduated from high school in 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 Montana, and going back is for me, yeah, it's home. And um, then I have to put on on the list. I have to put Switzerland. So go to Iceland, Montana in the U.S. and Switzerland. Very very cool. So let's talk cheese then. I have a bit of a weird joke about cheese in that I wonder how long cheese actually takes to go off or inedible or something because it makes me think of it's like I guess it's to do with milk and cheese and butter and how it all mixes together but there's a point where it solidifies I guess you could say it becomes cheese and there's a bit of an ongoing joke around some of the people that that I know that cheese takes a long time to get to a point where you can't eat it anymore. Do you know how long that is, or does it depend from cheese to cheese? You know, Michael, we need to make a difference. Is uh, we need to make differences here between what we call industrial cheese um, and raw milk cheese, or what I would call um, handmade cheese. Back home in Switzerland, we we have cheese that is over 100 years that's still eatable. Um, cheese is um, an alive product, so it will it will it will just change over the time. It will change, and on an organoleptic point of view, um, a very old cheese will go back to what I call go back to the animal, go back to the basic. So all the nutty, flavory, vanilla, flower taste that you have with young, young cheese that is three to five months will disappear with the time. So as long you bring the right, con not conservation, but the right way of, 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 um, make, of keeping the cheese, you can keep a cheese as long as you want. It's just the taste that will change because the cheese will mature. The cheese will refine. And back to 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 our product or to most of raw milk cheese, you have to. You, we have to agree that the apogee, the best time to have that type of cheese, is around twelve to fourteen months. Interesting. So what happens to the taste? Does it get, you mentioned that it goes back to the animal, maybe a bit more flowery. Do things start to shift in a positive way, would you say? Or would you say it becomes more unpalatable as the cheese? I'm guessing it depends on what you use to make the cheese, but we can definitely discuss it. So what happens to cheese over time? The positive thing is that it has taste. You know, taste is in this world and everyone has a different taste with, with, with what you eat. Um, raw milk cheese and Gruyere OP especially will start with a very flower, nutty, vanilla taste. What I call classicy, milky, fresh, young, um, young taste. And the most you refine it, the most time you 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 give you give to that cheese, you will change to wild, uh, what I call forest, forest taste. Um, uh, humus, uh, mushroomy, and from there on, once you pass those 14, 15 months, you'll go back to a very animal, uh, unami, unami taste that can be, uh, to some, 
not not um, not nice to the palate. But there's a lot of people, very niche niche people that are like are looking for that. It's astringent, uh, um, and um, at the end, after 20, 22 months, you'll go back to something very tannic, very leather, leathery, leather, leather animal. Um, you know, it goes it goes back it goes back to the barn. Um, Tastes all around the world. So make your choice, make you happy. That's the beauty of cheese. That's the beauty of Libria OP is that you you have it for the full palate. For sure, we know that the classic, the classic, very milky, flowery vanilla uh, gives the more chance and the more possibilities in sales and, and uh, people are behind that. But then, if you go to all the cheese, you'll find that it can be it can be a replacement of of salt uh, in 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 cooking when you do gratin or things like that. So, um, on the side of of or instead instead of putting salt, lots of people using lots of chefs actually using that type of Gruyere or the Gruyere to bring the salt to their potato gratin to their courgette, courgette gratin. And uh, I think that's the beauty. That's the beauty of that product. I do feel very, I guess, inspired by the variety of cheese. When you mentioned it replaces salt and you can have it with fruit, vegetables. There's a lot of things that you can do with cheese. And I guess it depends on the taste. It depends on how old the cheese is. There's so much variety with cheese, isn't there? It's almost unlimited the amount of things that you can do with it. There's an unlimited. I mean, there's. You can't make cheese with nothing else than milk, but you can make cheese out of every single milk in the world. That goes from cow to sheep to sheep to camel, camel to um, donkeys. You know, as long as you have you milk, you can convert it into milk. Then there are strict rules related to our cheese. We need cow milk. Uh, raw milk that brings and make the taste different but around this world you can make you can make cheese in a different way and um, it will always go through bringing and warming up the milk adding adding rennet um, you know cutting the curds and then bringing it into a sauce bath i mean this 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 procedure of of making cheese is just all around the same. What is what makes the difference, and what makes the taste difference, and what makes this incredible palette of taste around the world with cheese is just the milk is different, and the milk is related to a terroir, and a terroir means to a specific place, a specific grass, a specific cow, and uh, this is all kind of things that if you want to have a quality product, and we have a lot of cheese that we call cousin and not competitors. But talking about the GRP, we have a very strict procedures related to the way we feed our cows and uh, how, what they can, what they can't. So it's to guarantee this incredible taste. That's what we call the taste of Switzerland since 1115, because I believe deeply that when you have the same recipe and the same way of making something since 900, 900 years, that means that um, people enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I can't imagine there's many things that have stayed going for that long. It's such a rarity that something has sustained itself 
I wonder, do you have any personal things that you simply shouldn't do with cheese? You know, when I, when I see some of the things that people do with cheese, I think, well, each to their own, you know, but I, I'd never go near it. Is there anything that you don't like when people do that with cheese? You think it shouldn't be done that way. Why are you doing that? Is there anything that springs to mind? I mean, uh, you bring me to a funny anecdote or something I saw once. My 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 boy was watching was watching some YouTube internet. It was like a crazy broadcast and somewhere north of America. I'm not I'm not gonna name it. And those guys were making fondue, so melted melted Gruyere, and they they were looking for all the pairing possibilities that they could do with that fondue. And so they started with normal things, you know, when we would pair, starting with bread, potatoes, vegetable, and then maybe moving a bit to to, to different things. But the craziest that I saw, and it's probably probably what I would mention here is they were they were they were doing fish. They were doing fish fondue. Whoa. Yeah. Um, and I thought that the pairing was was quite 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 interesting but you know maybe it's again it's a matter of taste what you like you eat then respect respect what you want respect the product um the brilliant thing um to 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 that topic is that a, a good cheese and and cheese is is relevant um in that matter it, it offers a pairing possibility that is incredible you know that goes to sweet to ginger um with with what we call bread you can you can find lots of different pairing we should never forget that cheese and pairing is a lot of time associated to the fact that cheese has no taste the truth about pairing cheese with marmalade or jam or honey is that at the very beginning those cheese had no taste so we were a bit fighting against that because we believe that Gruyere has a taste a specific taste but today we also believe that pairing is an association, is a culinary gastronomical association. And that's the reason why we're trying to do it with chocolate, with honey, with tea. Make it with tea and find find a very interesting melting sensation that you have in your mouth, in your mouth. It makes it makes it brilliant. So, you know, back to your question, nothing crazy. I wouldn't I wouldn't use cheese. Um I use cheese at every single at every single time of the day. It can be breakfast, it can be lunch, it can be dinner. So I, I would say there is no limit as long as long it makes you happy and bring you joy and emotion. So what goes into the cheese that, that you guys make? You've been doing it a very long time. I'm picturing the recipe shifting over the I can say centuries now. How strange is that? And there's probably a lot that goes into it. You mentioned everything from the cows that you choose to how you feed them becomes the milk that they produce, that sort of thing. So we do have a long time if it takes a long time. But Dennis, how do you actually create the cheese that, that you create? So actually, I personally don't create anything. I'm related to a consortium that overrules 6,000 people. And we're 6,000 people in our association that makes cheese. And um, back to nature first, um, no milk, no cheese. So no cows, no respect to the nature, no respect to the cows. We won't have the right milk to make the right product. 
So being an AOP product, there is a procedure behind that. It means that there is no silage, there is uh, grass that has to be produced on the farm and no antibiotics. Um, the milk that is produced has to be delivered to a cheese, cheese maker no further than 15 miles. Lots, lots of strict rules. Uh, back to the story 900 years ago when they started. This is um, the, the truth about transforming milk into cheese was to have the, the only way at that time to conserve milk and not to throw it away. So that's how cheese appeared. That's the story about cheese. From there on, the receipt or the recipe about the AOP is for sure a handcrafted traditional product that is given from family to family, from fathers to son, and so on since 900 years. And as it is not an industrial product, the hand, the handcraft, the hand part of, of the man is present at every single part of the production. So I start very, very early morning by milking cows or late at night by milking cows, putting those two milks, the night, the night milks that join the morning milk that goes into, um, that goes to the cheese producer. And from there, there's only the experience of what we call cheese, make ma cheese maker master, because they're called master. They're not called cheese maker. They have a master degree. It takes them five years to learn how to make cheese. And the good thing about this is to see that the new generation is not leaving the job. Today, we have no problem in finding new, new, new kids you know, kids interested. And um, this is this is probably related to the tradition, to the respect, um, and that people are proud, proud of the product, proud of the region, and uh, proud of the fact that when clients, when consumer have that cheese in their hand, in the kitchen, they know there's human behind, there's quality behind. And um, this is this is a big proud. I believe it's a big proud. We're not the only one, you know. Uh, as I say, we have cousins. We have other there are other cheeses, but all handmade, all handmade cheeses made with passion is a part of a history, mostly of a family. All the time, there's a family behind. There's a respectful way of animals of sustainability, and um, that's what we should keep in mind. So it sounds like. There's different processes for different results for the cheese. So if we think about maybe creamy, maybe floury, maybe salty, the different variations in in the cheese, how far back would it have to go, let's say, to uh, let's say adjust a cheese to make it creamier? How far back would you have to take the process to get the result that you want? Because, I mean, I... I have no idea. So I, I wonder what actually has to happen to the milk or to the cheese to change the the taste slightly towards where you want it to be. Okay, the basic the basic is always the flour, the grass. Um, you have spring grass, you have uh, summer grass. Uh, spring grass is richer than the grass that the animals receive in winter. Has been dried that has been dried along the summer that's the first thing from there on more 
uh, animals are related with nature. You could imagine that an animal that has to fight against the cold or has to or has to fight against warm or humidity doesn't doesn't allow its body to bring the same amount of fat quantities in the milk. You know, so nature nature rules. That's the first thing to understand. Um, it's not like pushing a button in a, in an industry where you receive a milk and you add what you want. So. That makes, at the end, the range of difference of taste. Then related to what you called creamy or uncreamy, it's the way that you produce cheese. All cheeses, mostly Swiss cheeses, have a different procedures. We are not known or we are not the creamy cheese because it's not what we want in our procedure. You'll have other cheeses that you'll find the most creamy cheeses, but they contain more they contain more um they don't contain more fat it comes from the fact that when you cut the curd of the cheese instead of having it in size imagine a piece of rice you have it big as 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 a corn and that makes the difference of the pasture of the cheese that's 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 always in hand of the cheese maker that makes the difference it sounds like you've got to have a massive attention to detail. Everything from when you milk the cow based on what season of the year it is, depending on where they spend their time, as you mentioned, to the fat quantity in the milk. That sounds like far too much attention to detail, at least for me. How much attention to detail does it realistically take? To Because it's handcrafted that must mean there are more chances for variation i suppose i could be wrong in saying that but then if there's a slight difference it then makes a difference at the end how much attention to detail do you need it sounds there's so much potential for variety and change and and things potentially to go wrong as well if you aim for a particular way of it looking at the end some shift in timing or amounts let's say if that can make a difference you've got to be so focused and so concentrated in how you do it we're focused on quality we focused on these expertise that has been passed or given from generation to generation since 1115 so the first the first quality control that we do is checking the milk checking the milk when it comes into by the cheese makers. So understand nine, nine, 900 milk producer that delivers milk twice a day. Every single delivery has a test. It means that from every single milk delivery, we will keep during six months a, a part in laboratorium to to follow the quality of that milk so starting with high quality milk the the cows that will produce milk for the grop are only fed on what we call natural natural forage fresh uh, natural forage um, fresh grass in summer and hay in winter there's no additive there's no ensilage 
and um, we use we use mostly Holstein, red Holstein uh, cows um, to to find this milk this 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 milk quality. So raw milk that makes a taste difference. Um, there is no what we called uh, anonymous milk. As I told you, every single milk is is tracked, and um, there's something important. Um, no, no antibiotics for our milking cows. So no GMO, no GMO feed, as Switzerland has banned uh, GMO crops a couple couple years ago. So from 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 the very basic, it makes the quality. So we're tracking first the quality of the milk. Then we go to the production, and um, this production is followed by hand, the hand, the made, the handmade. You know, when 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 the morning milk is merged with with in with the evening milk into the copper, we use copper vat. Um, we need we need to to have a certain procedure to bring into temperature. How we do we will will eat up eat up, not eat, eat up the milk to bring it to what we call curding. And then it's only the hand of the cheese, ma cheese master that will allow to know at what time we can curd, we can cut that curd, mix the milk. And again, there is um, there's a quality control at that time with um, a certain quantity that is put on the side. From there on, once, once we've put that part into mold to 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 do the wheels of cheese, um, we start with what we call the DNA of 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 the cheese makers. And the first DNA is the salt bath. To bring taste to cheese, you need salt. Salt is also a conservation conservation um, point of view, and there we need to have a traceability. So it means that every single piece of, 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 of GRP, each wheel that is, that is pressed will receive a mark, a casein mark with the date, the number of the wheel, the cheese makers. So it brings the traceability. And from there on, that cheese that I've, I haven't called a Gruyere is stored in a cellar. And that's the cellar of the cheese makers. And as it's an alive product, it will bring different kind of bacteria that bring the real DNA of that cheese. That cheese will stay during three months by the cheese makers, and it will receive every single day um, first the, the first not medical, but it will it will receive all the attention of the cheesemaker during three weeks, and everything is made by hand. So it's followed by the ants, by human, by 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 nose. You know, everything has has a certain importance. And once it leaves, once it leaves the 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 cheese cheese dairies, it will go to what we call a maturation to an affinage cellar. It will stay for another another three three months, um, with a temperature around fifty nine degrees Fahrenheit, and during this time the wheels have to stay on a typical uh, a typical 
kind of piece of wood called a pisea that will brings also it will makes you have to understand that when a cheese is maturing it makes it, it needs oxygen so there is there is a compensation of oxygen that will be uh, the result of this typical smell of ammonia ammoniac that we have um, that we have in our cellars you know, very, very strong ammoniac, but it's just, that's, that's the procedure. And that means that's, the, it's a living, it's a living product. And these affinage last in total between five and 18 months. So yes, quality has a certain cost, quality has a certain engagement, uh, engagement from, 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 from human. Um, and all these, these processes that we have are supported by technical sure technical uh, uh, engines or support but there's always a man there's always a human decision behind that otherwise it would be just what i call a normal product that you'll find you'll find in a normal supermarket that has the same taste and there's lots of people interested in having every single day the same taste the same cheese and 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 not mentioning or not naming those we'll we'll find them easily under under pre-packed product our gruyere our cheese our product has has always the same specification you'll find the same the same uh pasta the same paste of of cheese but you'll always find something different that makes it related to enjoy something that is related with handmade am i right in saying then that it's the the 18 months would be from start to finish how long does it take to create let's say a, a wheel of cheese or one run of, of cheese so one wheel of cheese is made every morning every single cheese maker is make is wheel of cheese in the morning so it takes it takes approximately two two to three hours to to convert um, milk into a wheel of cheese that's no more what takes time is the time to bring this cheese to refining and maturation um and this as you know time time brings quality so that's the way that's 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 what we have to respect and i think it's the same with some nice interesting piece of meat nice nice person nice wine you know um the older the the the, the wiser you get or the better you get some persons sometimes show a difference but <laughs> let's say let's say let's say that's the way that's time times brings times brings quality times bring taste you know, slowly, surely, um, no, with no time shock, with no temperature shock, keep it, you know, keep this maturation refining, give give the right time to, to the product. Do you do anything to help you, I guess, be patient with the process? If you want something quicker, that will affect the result as well. You must be quite a, a patient company patient team you know being able to say right well it might be quite quick in terms of milk to cheese but then waiting for it to be just the right maturation to then sell it or put it to somebody to eat it 
that must take some patience or a bit of a waiting game or is it at a stage where because you're making a wheel of cheese a day you don't necessarily notice the time go by because you're still busy making the the cheese as well so what is it like to to do that that's a result of passion that's a result of passion passions and passion and it's also the procedure you know it's been defined as a procedure and um, we know that very young cheese doesn't exhale or bring the entire flavor uh, that we're looking into the cheese um patient means also money because taking time is cost everything that you keep in the cellar uh, cost and that probably helps to understand a price positioning of AOP products of a AOP um, because it takes it takes time to get to quality and if you want if you want cheap cheap if we talk about money you get you get the quality for the, for your money you know and at the end if you consider it, that you need that many patient and passion that many quantities of 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 milk that many that 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 much time and uh, to to bring it to that quality if you compare that to an industrial product uh, where there is less because i'm not going to say there's no human but where there's much more robotics or it's just a push on an on off button and if the market says, well, it's growing and your shareholders are saying, well, produce more, you'll be producing more. That can't be the fact with the GRLP. Because um, back to the very, very, very beginning of our talk, I said something important. It's related to nature. It's a cow. And those cows, you don't come up in the morning and say, well, we want more, produce more. They will decide based on what the nature is given. And um, based on a weather situation, based on on many different climatic situation, so also related with an AOP and a protected era, and there's not it's we can't we 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 can't push up the borders. It's not that we can suddenly bring milk from another states or 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 you know or buy a container of milk somewhere around. That's impossible. We can't. So it's patient. It's it's time, passion, and um, it's a procedure that defines that before five months and this slow maturation process, it's impossible. You can't you can't find a Gruyere on the market that is not at least refined for five months. What kind of things do you get up to outside of cheese? Do you have any hobbies? I know the recording today is is on the road so you're traveling so we know that you're quite big on traveling as well but what kind of things do you do outside of cheese as a swiss as a swiss citizen um my first hobby is nature and related to nature is skiing you know i'm one of those uh, passionate ski ski person then i have a big patience called human not humanity but human to understand where, why, where people are coming from and uh, to respect the different cultures all around the world because we're all different. I have a big passion in music 
big, big, big passion. And uh, from there on, there's something that overrules all this as a passion is my family, my kids. And as you said, a big traveler like me, um, not hobby traveler, but business traveler, um, I deeply believe that when you have the possibility of sharing time with your family and sharing some good food, sharing good time, and it goes through food, you know, because good food is not what I call expensive food. Uh, good food is probably also the ambience and the time you put in, 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 in doing something, you know, slow cooking food. And there's lots of things that we underestimate today with, with food and cooking. So um, I have a passion, as you can understand, uh, or you can hear, with cooking, especially slow, long cooking food. And it always shocks my family back in Montana, back back, back where I live, when I come and say, well, let's do some um, beef cheeks. Beef cheeks first. What the hell is this? You know, beef cheeks. Well, you need to cook it during <laughs> five, six hours and, and to cook it with slowly and, and marinate. Say, well, come on, Dennis, let's go down to, I'm not going to name the name. I'm not going to name any hamburger place, but I said, no, 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 that's not food. So yeah, passion, passion is cooking, passion is food, uh, skiing, nature, traveling the world, understanding where we are from, where we go, you know, it makes the mixture. And I'm passionate in literature and languages, as as you, you, you can hear it. English is not my mother tongue, but it's one of the five languages I, I do speak that I try to to, or I believe that I can some English, but um, actually my mother tongue is French and German, and then we speak Italian at home and have some knowledge of Spanish and English. Here we go. So those are my passion. When was the last time you had any fast food then? It sounds like you're definitely against it. How long has it been? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't a know. long time uh, a long time ago even even that I think and I'm one of the example that I wanted to bring I wanted to bring some culture into the fast food fast food uh, industry back in Switzerland and we made I made I made with one of those there are two big names huh? there's one that is is starting with with mac and there's the other one uh, finishing with with king right so let's say it's the second one um because i believe the first one was not ready for so we made we made a specific swiss burger with aop product so you know it's a way also to to show that that fast food um it's 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 not the fast food that that does disturb me it's just it's much more the junk food because fast food can be healthy and good and uh, we have some examples of of fast fooding in the us that's healthy i'm i'm just fighting about and against the junk food of 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 eating and cooking so last time I've been back into one of those fast food company, well, probably 20 years ago. What kind of things do you tend to do to help you relax? Because I, I hear that you're pretty big on 
meditating as well like you're quite passionate about that and keeping yourself healthy so uh, what kind of practices do you do for that michael five years ago i went through a stroke and um in your in your life experience you, you usually when you do your business plan when you do a business plan that you show to your shareholders you're talking about return on investment growing growing the value of the share uh, bringing happiness to shareholders and you talk about return roy cogs or whatever but you never you never put in your business plan or in your private business plan um well with 45 i'm going to be ill and i'm going to have a stroke i'm going to have cancer and i'm going to disappear never 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 if if any if anyone around this world has done that you know um please call me and let me know what what made you <laughs> yeah. what brought you to this but when it happens and it happens to lots of people you suddenly faced you suddenly faced to something that you don't know where it's coming from. You have explanation, and we know. I know why. Um, you suddenly decide, or or to look at to look at it a bit different. And through through my recovery time, that I I always say, you know, it's probably the, the best experience I had in my life. The the thing was that it was it was a gift for me. It was a gift to have a stroke. Um, it's just that. The gift wrapping paper was wrong, and from from there on, taking eighteen months of your life suddenly to to recover uh, gives you a chance to see the thing differently, to discover people differently. And I had to, I had, I, I took it as a chance, or I took it, I took that eighteen months of of my life as my job, and suddenly my job was to look look out the clouds look waiting that the time goes through and and to understand what we call the the instant of this precise moment that for a person like me very moving around the world uh, managing companies and things was impossible to understand just to stop two minutes and suddenly i was staying on bench not moving anymore and i discovered what i called what they called meditation and for me the very beginning of meditation was like what the <clears throat> is 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 this you know it's like come on it's like a, a, a big big part of people just dreaming of something not existing and i i i started to be interested in 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 the way different culture where we're using meditation to to open their mind to 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 go to places that is not describable by just you know i don't want to go into any sect sector way of of thinking but it suddenly helped me to to slow down to to rest to find solution in napping very quickly and i do today with respect to my teachers and my mentors I do practice deep meditation. Uh, that is a very interesting way of, of just leaving a part of your body, discovering things that it's not artificial, artificial organic products that will help you. It's just your mind that brings you to places where you want to go. So I do practice uh, watsu. Watsu is water shatsu. It's uh, practicing, it's 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 a meditation as practiced with a giver 
that that will float you on water and you will discover the different elements and uh, yeah you know i think then it probably goes to a very personal part but it is it is something that anyone has the capacity or the ability if they want to do it's just to discover yourself who you are and um to help you to just to to help you feeling better i found that the more i guess switched on i get sometimes it can be harder to really prepare for the meditation like it can take me 10 20 minutes to get to a state that could take me two minutes if it was relaxed to start with do you have any particular things that you do to get ready for the meditation because a lot of people can spend longer than the meditation to prepare for it and to actually calm down and slow their breathing down that sort of thing do you have any tricks for that any tips for people that maybe struggle to relax breathing method empty your lung and start to understand that your lung contains oxygen that you you just stuck there that you should empty that you should push it's not pushing a limit but just just starting with with breathing breathing um, exercise and uh, you know breathing will will allow you to go to meditation very quick so start start with this if you if you're a novice and um there's lots of books there's lots lots of people willing uh, willing to help and then it's a it's a personal thing um you know and it's not it's not a competition meditation is not a competition meditation it's just it's just you and yourself and uh, you're facing yourself so great if you get into deep meditation in 20 seconds but it's not a competition and competition brought me personally to what i call before to a stroke so meditation works and uh, sometimes you're not related to always the good and the right energies but that's another matter it's getting connected and the first thing to go into meditation is to be connected with yourself and connected with yourself means you need to be connected with the ground. And the ground is your definition. You can call it what you want. You can call it ground. You can call it planet. You can call it sun. You can call it warm. You can call it family. Just get, you know, really put and and, and stuck on, 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 on get connected with yourself. And from there on, you'll, you'll probably discover a lot of things that you've never experienced before or that some people have experienced but as i call it some of those products are legal <laughs> it's not the topic <laughs> of the day isn't it <laughs> well dennis it's been fantastic to have you on the show as a guest it's been great if people wanted to find out more about yourself the keys and so much more where can people learn more anytime i mean uh I'll be I'll be more than happy to 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 keep on that talk and to explain more, but as I always say, forty five minutes for a person that is fifty five is a very short time, and you know traveling fifty eight countries uh, around the world, different experiences. You can't summarize all these in forty five minutes. It'll take us a long, 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 long time. 
the thing to keep about and and that's that's something that that will probably come back to the very beginning um have been working along and among big brands and big industries but once once you found the chance to defend because it's really defending a product with a brand that is related with tradition with you and with what you think about sustainability i do i do say that is first of all is a big chance to be an ambassador a brand ambassador to promote the product to promote the grop but at the end of the day what i'm saying is once you found a job you like you'll never you never feel like working and that's that's my feeling today i'm not working i'm just passionate passionate about saying is 6000 people and the king is the product and that's something is great with with our brand with our product is that we don't have stars we don't have influencers we don't have brand ambassadors we just have a product that is the king and it's not my last word but that's what i want to say the king is the grop and it's not me or other people you know it's just 6000 people that every day works to bring this product and to make this product how can people find about the cheese is it it's got a website you on social media and then people might want to check out you know your your social media as well for sure i mean we are very present on so me and all channels in in the us tiktok uh, insta facebook and so on we have our website that brings to incredible recipe that you can use every day, simple uh, and accessible on greer.com, G-R-U-Y-E-R-E.com. And everything is, is in relation with what I try to present today. You'll have the way of producing it, the way of cooking it, a definition, a presentation of, of the procedures, all the markets we are present, uh, you'll find info- you find all the global information on our website. Thanks so much for being a guest on the show. Those that are listening, feel free to subscribe, share the show, tell others, and also leave a review wherever you are listening in to your podcasts. Dennis, thanks so much for joining me, and I look forward to keeping in touch. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. That was a great pleasure.